Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. The Green Path Podcast is kindly sponsored by Sestonica, the first sustainability recognition for vacation rental homes. What if vacation rental professionals could influence millions of travellers to make their own homes more sustainable? Show the world that you have taken steps to make your vacation rental consume less and get your badge on sestonica.com. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green Path Podcast. The travel industry is a big polluter and we know there is a flourishing market of travellers wanting to enjoy sustainable travel. We've seen airlines already offering to offset flights at checkout. And not only is the short-term rental industry finally doing something about becoming more sustainable, so are hotels, and that includes luxury hotels. Today, we're going to hear what one hotel group are doing to be greener and cleaner and how they get their message across to their guests. Today, I'm chatting with Chris from Small Luxury Hotels of the World. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I'm well, too. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me today. Chris, I always like to start an episode with asking about you, actually, and your journey. So when did your Green Path journey start? How did you get started on when? What inspired you? It's, uh, yeah, it's been a, a long path, actually. And, and I'm glad I'm coming back to it because the, the first job I ever did was actually for an environmental charity. So there was um, an organization called Groundwork. And the Groundwork Trust was a UK-based charity that the idea behind it, so I, I'm from the north of England, and there's a lot of industrial um, areas there where the environment, particularly going what they call urban transepts. So basically it's the sort of the rail links and the road links into the towns were not great. They were, you know, the dry stone walls were falling down and the vegetation wasn't really looked after. So the idea behind it was that we actually went and we rebuilt the dry stone walls, teaching young people um, who were out of work uh, skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and keeping alive a skill, dry stone walling is 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 real art, a real art form, um, and planting trees and basically making it a much more pleasant environment. So as you were entering the towns, instead of seeing rubbish and falling down walls, you would see much more pleasant environments. Um, mm. So that was the first thing I did, and perhaps like a lot of people who've been involved in environmental work, um, I was doing that when I was twenty years old, and. That, and I kind of thought at some point I'd quite like to own a house. And unfortunately, uh, environmental work and housing and, uh, and and buying things like that, just they don't necessarily fit together very well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an industry that historically didn't really get paid very much. Mm. I ended up going into the travel business. So I worked in tour operating for years. I did a lot of uh, work specialised in trips to Africa. And so, again, that, that sort of link with the environmental impact of, of tourism was very, very obvious, uh, particularly, for example, we used to do work in Kenya, and then subsequently I was doing a lot more work in Tanzania, and the difference between the two was significant, um, partially based on price, mm-hmm. 
and partially based on just sheer volume of people who who were going there so obviously in kenya there was a it was one of the first big commercial areas for african safaris and um in some respects the environment suffered a little bit as a consequence that's obviously changing now mm. so that's how i started um, mm. and then from tour operating i ended up going into hotel the hotel business which is mm-hmm. where i'm now mm-hmm. um, you might just want to pause just for a second because you have frozen just back after a little technical issue so you were talking about how you moved into the hotel industry yeah so then i i started working for small luxury hotels of the world um and one of the things that was significant there was that there was i think a, a challenge with the luxury business is that a lot of people are doing a huge amount of things so the smaller the property probably the more they're doing for the environment uh, that they're in and the particularly the community that they're in mm. um but realistically, because it was luxury, very few people really wanted to say, oh, hang on a minute, we're sustainably based because it was like a, an easy target of, well, you know, you've got 37 bottles of amenities in your bathroom and these little tiny bottles that people take away with them. Um, and that was a massive problem. You know, it used to be that a mark of luxury was how many luxury products do you have in the room? Um, uh, and the reality is, is that now we've gone completely the opposite way around. So we have a a quality assurance program with our hotels and it's the opposite. It's like, okay, we want you to be using refillable um, um, containers. Um, And and we had an interesting debate about that because some of the hotels were saying, well, how can, how can that be luxury if Mm -hmm. you're refillable um, um, containers? And what we found is that with the people in the considerate collection, so there are 53 hotels in there now out of our, We've got over 530 hotels in our whole in our brand. Mm-hmm. Percent of them, pretty much bang on 10%, are in the considerate collection. Uh, but what they do, and what we encourage them to do, is explain why. So if you say th- th- there's there's no guest ever going to say, "Hang on a minute, this isn't luxury." If you say this, this uh, you know, I stayed at a hotel the other day in Wales, Grove of Narbeth, and they have a little card by where the amenities are, and it says. These this is made by and it actually it says who made it. So it's a one it's a one woman operation um, in a village near where the hotel is. She makes all the all the uh, all the soaps and all the shampoos. It tells a little bit about her. It tells why they're doing it. And it tells the fact it says that the bottles are refillable. And the reason they're refillable is because we we don't want to to, you know, use up all these plastics and and, and leave them in the environment. Mm. Mm. And who, who's going to complain? Who's going to mm. complain about that? It's, it's the exact opposite. So mm. something historically was seen as potentially not luxury, we're, we're redefining what luxury is. So, for example, if I stay in a, a – in well, actually, I'll use this example of this hotel as well. One of the things that's a really um, a local craft in Wales, in this part of Wales, is a thing called love spoons. So when, when somebody gets engaged or married um, – what historically it was that the the husband to be would carve the spoon for his loved one and he would give it to her as a, as a gift. But it's become a thing where if somebody's getting married, then they will be given a love spoon. Well, in this particular hotel, the decoration that they've used on the walls is love spoons. Mm. So you know you're in Wales. Everything about the place, it was Welsh lamb that was being served. So I mean, yes, I know we're trying to cut down on our red meat, but 
everything that they were using was local as much as it was possible. Uh, and so they make it, it, they were very obviously rooted in their environment. Mm. And I think the advantage is, is that the smaller your property is, the more you've got the opportunity to do that. So I know, I think a lot of the people who, who I've seen, you know, um, podcasts from before have been involved in the rental sector of, of the industry. And, and in some respects, that's the perfect situation. You can buy from the local farmer and not just buy from the local farmer, but you can actually put something in the in the room, say this produce is from this person on this. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think what the what's sort of coming to my mind was particularly when you're talking about how is this luxury, what you're doing what your the collection is doing is actually telling a story and that story is almost like a concierge treatment i have me as a hotel owner as a property rental manager i have gone out and i have sourced this beautiful locally made product for you those little amenity bottles yeah mass produced in china shipped over blah 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 it's not personalized and i think you know, like you're saying about tapping into the local community, tapping into the local culture. It's all about telling the story and it's all about, and it's enhancing the whole experience of travel. Yeah, absolutely. I, another a great example, actually, and this is for something you wouldn't necessarily anticipate would be the, an angle that they would take, but mm-hmm. there's a hotel that's in, in, in a city in Germany uh, Breidenbacher Hof. It's it's a reasonably large hotel. They haven't got room to have their own kitchen garden. They haven't got room. It's a city location. Mm. What they've done is they've partnered with a farm that's just outside the city. And not only have they done that, if you go at the breakfast and your yogurt's there, it says this yogurt is, and they've named the cows. Oh. So <laughs> the cows that they they have at the at the at the farm that produce the milk for this hotel. And it says this yogurt was produced with milk from Gertrude or whatever her name happened to be. Yeah. Uh, that is luxury to me. I mean, not to everybody, but to me, that's a story and that that makes me happy. Mm. That's incredible. When you really, that, that this is all about storytelling. This is amazing. Yeah. So the three pillars from this considerate collection I've seen on your website, the three pillars are being community-minded, cultural custodians, and environmentally conscious. So I actually did a little snoop around and I just dug, I dove into one property to have a look. Okay, what does this one, what does it look like? And on the property page, I was fascinated. As as someone who designs websites and I'm, you know, involved in the UX and, and design of websites, it started off with the the listing description and it had the little um considerate collection badge so it's like okay I know that but then the next thing was it mentioned three stories about the considerations the environmental how they're being environmentally conscious the cultural aspect of it in terms of the furnishing and the history and things like that and being community-minded and how they're employing generations and generations of the same family and I thought wow look at that they've got the story underneath the property description then there was a gallery. Then again, it was like, you know, talking about the produce that they get from the local farmers. 
And then it went to room types, et cetera, et cetera, facilities and map and the map where it is. I was cops mapped. I've never seen a listing like that. Really inserting the stories and really how they are being sustainable really well and truly high up in the listing. That was amazing. I think this is this is a whole point. It is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in, in somewhere like Italy, the food culture is extraordinary. Um, my uncle happens to be Italian, so I'm kind of well-versed in, in this. He's from Sicily. Mm-hmm. It's like no food colorings, no food additives. This is normal. So going to the local market, buying local vegetables from the local farmer. So in actual fact, somewhere like Italy is perfectly placed to, to present a sustainable product. Mm. But that doesn't work if you don't explain the story behind it. So if somebody's looking at the difference between, uh, you know, somewhere in, going on holiday to Miami or going to, to Sicily, unless you tell the story of the difference and I'm not saying, I'm sure there are some wonderfully sustainable places in Miami, but generally speaking, I find uh, I've also got relatives in the US and they're on a different page to the rest of us at the moment, I think. I think they're a little bit behind. Mm. So I'm using those as specific examples that unless you actually tell somebody, somebody could say beach destination in Palermo, or uh, sorry, in Sicily, beach destination in Miami, what's the difference? Well, tell the story of what the difference is. Um and obviously the food culture of Italy is something they've played on for, for so many years because it's fantastic. Mm. But it can go beyond that because they have got such a deep-rooted, you know, if you talk to an Italian, it's not just that the the particular type of pasta is the best in their region. It's not that it's the best in their village. It's that their grandma is the best. Yeah. They, you know, so it's like it's drilled down to a local level beyond beyond belief. So. Yeah, so so that's uh, that is quite amazing that all of the the hotels in the um the considerate collection they all abide by these three pillars. Is that and you vet them or you guide them to be to be uh, accordingly? Yeah, basically the pillars are based on the Global Sustainable Tourism Council um, parameters. So that's an organisation that was set up by many government bodies, but it's kind of any certification that is in sort of in tourism in terms of hotels, the, the certification is all based, uh, sustainability certification is all based on the GSTC criteria. And so when we first started looking at this, we were looking at well, who do we who do we look to for advice for on sustainability? And there is a big problem with sustainability. And the problem is if you try and look, there's green star, green this, green that, there's like a thousand different um, uh, sustainability certifications and really there's no clear indication of standard within those or or, or, or how um, uh, what's the right word for it how thorough they are in their investigations of what they're doing Um, I mean I'm I'm a great believer in encouraging whatever anybody does but I was slightly worried when booking.com came out with their green initiative um, where I looked in a, for example, in the town where I live, which is Horsham in West Sussex, and all of a sudden there's suddenly 23 hotels it's saying that are sustainable, have some green credentials. I didn't even know there were 23 hotels in Horsham. So I, I'm very doubtful, you know, I, I, and we, we do move slightly into the realms of we don't use plastic straws, which is, that's not sustainability. That's just, don't be an idiot. Mm. Um, so 
but by the same premise, I've got to encourage. So if a mass market um, online travel agent like booking.com are doing something, it does raise the profile. And so providing they continue to raise the standard that allows people into whatever level of certificate of sustainability they're, they're promoting, mm. I have to encourage it. But I just hope that they do it sooner rather than later. Mm. Yeah, they are they are developing that. I know that when it first came out, you know, there were it was it was a start. It was yeah. a start. But they exactly. are developing that further and further and putting in more detailed levels and things like that. Definitely. Why did uh, small luxury hotels of the world decide to have this collection? What made them start? I think well, it, the, initially, realistically, there was two of us who did uh, a GSTC course. Mm-hmm tourism course in sustainable tourism and so both of us got qualified in it and that so that was not quite the starting point but we there's a few of us always been very interested in it but it, it goes back to knowing that the two the two pillars that our hotels are really really strong in are things like the cultural side and the community side mm-hmm. and i think this is probably something that rental properties would be very similar because for example, it's very rare that somebody builds a new build and creates a rental. That doesn't usually happen. It's usually a repurposed building mm. or you know, a home that's being converted or whatever it happens to be. So already environmentally, that is one stage ahead of, of, of a big development in, in Mexico or somewhere that's a green, a green site, you know, building and mm. industry in the hotel industry, that's a massive problem anyway, because there's no account taken of so a building can be classified or a hotel can be classified as sustainable. And yet it could have been a greenfield site on mangrove, you know, on a mangrove beach. Um, and there's no accounting for the fact that they've dug up that beach and, and put a load of concrete in the ground. Mm. Uh, so the only, the only look at the certification after they've, they've already done that mm-hmm. is to me is, yeah, it's, it's not the right way of doing it, but we are where we're at. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so with us, it was we've got loads of hotels where the owners are local people. They're purchasing locally. They're um, uh, providing local employment. They're they're providing education opportunities for local people as well because a lot of them have training programs and and sponsor them through college and the like. And so it was like we're already doing all this stuff, um, but we need to. But we're not telling people. Mm. Telling people because they're taking it for granted. They're saying, you know, my family has owned this particular estate in Italy for for 150 years, and this is what we do. Well, it might well be, but you're doing some amazing things, and it's a it's a great opportunity for us to tell people. Mm. It, it was back to the storytelling that you're saying that we've always done this. Mm. We need to tell people uh, and and help people because people are looking for. Um, you know, more environmentally uh, aware properties to stay in. Um, and, and there's a danger there as well, because I, I think sometimes our industry can get a little bit, a, a bit carried away with some of the surveys. So for example, I've seen many times the, the quote saying that 78% of people have said they prefer to stay in a sustainable property. Mm. That depends on how you frame the question. So if I say to you, would you prefer to stay in a more sustainable hotel? it's pretty unlikely that you're going to say no. Yeah. It's like saying to somebody, do you want to bang your head against the wall or do you not to want to bang your head against the wall? You know. Um, so if you say, would you be prepared to pay more for your cosmetics 
if they were more environmentally friendly? That's a very different question and you may get a very different answer, mm. but that's where we have to be. That's the direction we have to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Are you finding that, uh, how long ago, how long ago since you created this considerate collection? 2019 is when we launched. So it's only been going for two years. Uh, yeah. We launched 23 properties. Yeah. We've now got 53. Okay. So it's grown steadily, but the idea, we don't want it to be an explosion. We don't want I mean, in the perfect world, every SLH hotel would be in the considerate collection because they would be doing enough to warrant it. Mm. The idea behind it is this is to show not just to people who are wanting to stay in the properties, but to our other properties, this is the benchmark that we want people to aspire towards uh, and to share information. And that's a really crucial thing as well, because I kind of got involved. So I, I know about you through somebody else who's in the rental side of things and amongst other things, which is Nikki Mate. Mm. And I also happened to go, so the, the first time I met her was during lockdown. She did a um, a podcast or a, a, a sort of a panel with Bob Garner, who's somebody else that I know you know. Mm -hmm. They're both currently, as well as other things in their lives, but they do have rental properties in Italy. Um, and so one thing I found is that people in this in this area of business, they don't see it as a threat. If they want it, you know, in other words, sharing information in most parts of the of, of the industry that I've been in, it's like, oh no, hang on a minute, that's a really good idea. Don't share it. Well, in the sustainability world, it's almost the opposite. It's like this is a great idea. Everybody should be doing it. Yeah. That is a really refreshing part. And so, like I said, I've learned a lot from Bob and Nikki. And they're in a completely different part of the business to what I'm in. Mm. But I just find it fascinating and, and it's great to share information. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's a uh, it's a, a common problem that we all share. We all have to deal with climate change. We all have to deal with guests. We are all providing accommodation. So why, as I just put in a post recently, why reinvent the wheel? What are you doing? What can mm. I copy? What can I copy that you're doing that I can do easily, quickly, free, cheap, whatever? And um, it is just uh, um, if we can all do something, mm. something, then that's great. You know, we're all walking down the path, the green path. But um, yeah, this is there, there is more and more. There are more and more resources available now. I mean, a year ago, nearly a year ago, I started this podcast, and there wasn't really much out there, or much that I there wasn't much that we knew of. I think there was stuff out there, but we hadn't really heard. I personally hadn't heard about 90% of the people that I've, I've interviewed on this podcast. And it is a great thing. It is, it is um, unifying the community of accommodation providers, and we're all contributing to the, uh, uh, a one great cause, yeah to, yeah, to be greener and cleaner. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you get much feedback from your guests about the, the green collection, the considerate collection yeah i mean i it, it goes beyond that actually because the one of the things we found so we i mentioned briefly before that we have a quality assurance um program so we have mystery inspectors that go into the hotel and they there's there's about there's nearly a thousand various various questions within this uh within this question within this um inspection and it's all anonymous so the people the hotel doesn't know they're coming they don't know. They're just checking as a normal guest. Now, within that, we've got 50 questions that are related to um, 
sustainability specific front of house stuff we don't get them to go in the kitchens and look whether they're doing the recycling of garden waste or whatever because it, it wouldn't make any sense because it, then it wouldn't be anonymous mm. but the point i'm coming to is that the hotels that are in the considerate collection generally speaking have the highest quality assurance scores of any of our hotels so one of the things is if people start looking at their operation however big or small it might be from an environmental or sustainable perspective they generally tend to start making it a better more efficient operation mm. they start just little things like staff start caring in our case with hotels they start caring about the, the company they're working for a lot more so staff retention goes up um quality assurance scores going up and so these are things and that's all coming about because of the the work that they're doing to changing their standard operating practices to be more sustainable mm. you know you could almost change the word sustainable to being more caring if you yeah. care about the environment then it shows that you care about your guests you care about the staff there's a lot more care so uh yeah it's an interesting way to look at it yeah mm. i mean it's one of the one of the taglines we have is carrying luxury uh, ah, okay yeah it is exactly that Hmm. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Really, really great. So um, I'm going to start wrapping up now. Is there anything else that you guys do that we should know about that we could perhaps mimic besides the listing design, the listing page design? Anything else that you do that we could uh, mimic? Well, for, even from a really basic level, one of the things, so as a business, we've got a few things that we've we've done, and it's not necessarily easy. The smaller the business is, that you don't necessarily have resources to do something. Some of the things we do, but we are we signed up, for example, to tourism declares, mm -hmm. um, and that is something any business can do, no matter how big or small it is. Uh, and in fact, um, I know Bob Garner, who I mentioned earlier, is a is a very strong advocate uh, of tourism declares. And so I think every business should do that because, it, again, it, it starts making you think about how you're going to attain this. You know, the, the idea behind it is that everyone is supposed to reduce their greenhouse gases by 55% from the point they were at 2017 by 2030. Mm -hmm. now, I think we need to do it quicker than that, but let's let's be realistic. Some people aren't going to do that, but every business can can take that on board. And the way they can take it on board is by measuring what they're doing. And that's that's a crucial part. Um, so measuring the water consumption, measuring the electricity, those are things that are easy for people to do. Um, and if they can become more efficient with some of those things, then uh, uh, that will also help. That, that will contribute to their signatory to the tourism declares. So I would encourage everybody to do that. Mm. Absolutely. And there are a lot of cal calculators out there these days. So there is, and there is a lot of guidance. There's a lot of hand holding now. You, you, you don't have to jump into this alone and, uh, or, you know, unaware. There's plenty of, there are plenty of resources out there now. Yes, that's wonderful. Well, I think this has been lovely. I love, love, love the aspect of the storytelling and, and how that sells not only sustainability, but the luxury aspect as well. I think that's great. Actually, one thing that I wanted to touch on, on your website, there's a software called Weaver. Now, yeah. you use Weaver. Is that how you sort of manage your sustainability progress? Yeah. So basically, Weaver is a relatively new. Um, we've tried a few different things. 
And anybody who's gone into um, sustainability management plan or looking into them, some of them are designed for big hotels. They are very complicated, lots of detail with good reason. I mean, they're brilliant. So for example, Greenview is another one. So Greenview is amazing for bigger properties. Mm -hmm. But for us, the challenge with it was, is that much like in the rental sector, a lot of people are owner operators. So time is is not necessarily, it's not something they've got a lot of. They've got so many other things that they've got to do. Beaver is a is a is a is a more simple version of that, but there's a lot of elements within it that are relating to what you can do community based. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind it is that you are making a con- you're you're as well as reducing your consumption, you're making a contribution. Um, and so by by using something like Weaver, you can actually map what you're doing and also explain it to your staff members or somebody else who may be a shareholder in your rental business or whoever, or your bank manager, mm. you're wanting to expand your property. And you can say, look, these are the things that we're doing. We're doing, we're actually benefiting the community. So if you're going to a local bank, they're going to be looking at it going, okay, there's better op- uh, um, employment opportunities. There's, this is something worth investing in because, and it shows that you've got a plan. Mm. Just, you know, Deborah's got this in the top of her head and she just thinks it's a great idea. This is, I've got a plan, I've written it down, and I'm telling people about it. And and I, by telling people about it, I'm making myself accountable. Mm. Yeah. So that's the idea behind Weaver. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get them on the show because I was quite impressed with their demo demo video. And uh, I think that that's a great piece of software to explain to some, explain on the podcast. Mm. Well, I can definitely, I can definitely put you in touch with them. So uh, yeah. Please, that'd be great. Well, if you have any questions for Chris or the small luxury hotels of the world, Pop them in the comments below. I will post a link for the um, considerate collection and ac- actually one for the listing as well, so they can see the listing site, uh, the listing page, and the stories on that. But Chris, thank you very, very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure learning about the the considerate collection. Thanks so much, Deborah. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Bye now. Bye. bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and were at least a little bit inspired. If you'd like to catch up on the other episodes that you've missed, just head to thegreenpathpodcast.com. See you next time.